Welcome to Conversations Over Coffee, where we're brewing inspiring discussions on the Philippine startup ecosystem with those who are making things happen. I'm your host, Bitsantas from Kickstart Ventures. Join me in every episode as we sit down with key figures in the startup community as we explore their successes and challenges and how we can work together to shape the future. Andrew Young, also known as the Gatsby of Silicon Valley, recently wrote about how every company is now hiring and soon will have a community builder role. So in the comments and online responses, some echoed in agreement while others questioned how to define a community builder's value when it isn't reflected immediately in impact and revenue. So I'm here sitting with our very own head of our community and ecosystem initiatives, Pia Bernal, to talk about like what our take on this is, especially as a VC also investing in building communities. Hello, Pia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thank you for inviting me over a bit. I'm really excited to join the Coffee Over Conversations podcast, and I am enjoying the coffee. So thank you for providing that. Awesome. So to start, could you share a bit about your background and journey that led you to Spearhead Community and Ecosystem here at Kickstart? So I started over 25 years ago. This is my fourth job. So Kickstart is my fourth job. My first two jobs actually was in the nonprofit industry. So I worked for RFM Foundation, which is the corporate foundation of the food and beverage uh, giant RFM Corporation. If you're familiar with Sunkist, Swift, uh, Selecta, so they own those businesses. And then the second one was uh, the Association of uh, Corporate Foundations, which is the League of Corporate Foundations. Then the next two jobs was with uh, Innove Communications and Globe. Uh, so I moved from nonprofit to for profit. And Kickstart is my fourth one under the uh, Globe Group. What I could say from these jobs is that these jobs allowed me to be an expert in selling and advocacy. So whether it's uh, for a nonprofit motive or for profit motive, I became adept in selling advocacies to different types of audiences. And that skill I learned to build from job to job. So basically, if I'm faced with different set of audiences, I bring to the table the company I work for, the mission, and what I need to achieve by convincing them to become our partner. So essentially, I was selling advocacies with different stakeholders. And so that's why when I started to work at Kickstart Ventures, the one thing that I would note, though, is that in all these jobs, it was always a first mover thing. So I'm used to being part of the early group of people selling something. So in my first two jobs, it was selling corporate social responsibility which at the time was least understood or mostly dismissed in inside corporate boardrooms or even in you know, water cooler stations. So from the decision makers to, you know, the uh, implementers. So the product that I was selling at the time was CSR or corporate social responsibility. So I learned how to package that depending on my audience. When I moved to my for-profit jobs, which is in Innove, Globe and now Kickstart, it was now selling the idea of using telco core assets and over-the-top products and services for public good. 
So now you have to convince different partners, different audiences, whether from the public or private sector, to embrace technology to make things better, to help deliver their mission, there to reach more audiences. So that, in a way, those roles have always come with communities. So I've learned to inject myself in communities, to create my own communities, and just deal with different communities. So when I moved to Kickstart, so basically, it was just a change in jargons, but basically the execution's the same. So as some may not yet know, you were employee number one. Yes. Um, you joined in 2012, 2013? I joined uh, September 2012. In 2012, right. Six months after Kickstart was incorporated. So at the point that you joined Kickstart, as I understand, it wasn't specifically defined as being, you weren't specifically a community manager. Right? No, I was not. Uh, so when I joined Kickstart, so as you know, um, Kickstart was founded by three Globe executives. And um, community engagement is actually in the DNA of Kickstart Ventures. One of the founders, Christian Bessler, was VP and head of community engagement. So when I joined, I actually basically became Christian's uh, assistant. While I, my title was Impact Investments Manager, I was doing a lot of uh, community engagement under Christian. So as I understand, it was a little later on when this role that you eventually found yourself in and that you still kind of carry now, leading our ecosystem and community efforts. Um, it was around 2017. 2017, yes. So what led to that? Maybe you can describe the thinking of the team in the moment, but also maybe with the benefit of hindsight, why it was right for Kickstart to have established that position. Great question. So when Kickstart was created in uh, 2013, one of its mandates, aside from investing and portfolio development, was market access. And for you to be able to deliver market access, you have to be part of the community. You have to be part of a community. You have to contribute to a community. And the 2013 up to 2017 years, uh, you know, when my uh, community manager title was created, you could call it the wild, wild west. <laughs> So at the time, people were still struggling to find each other, still trying to learn what other groups are doing. In 2017, when the committee manager role, it was because Kickstart Ventures as an organization, we were also upping our game. We released uh, another fund and we needed to um, fast track the deployment of the fund. And that means just really becoming more aggressive in engaging a lot of uh, startup founders, investors, creating a title committee manager, you are now communicating to the larger ecosystem that we are open 24-7. You can come to us. So back in 2017, right, the Philippine startup ecosystem was still quite young. It, the kickstart and you had been in it for it's like five years now by that time, right? Mm. You touched on why it mattered to kickstart to be more supportive of the ecosystem. But once you stepped into the role and had like a serious look, what did you find? What did you see that kickstart could do for the community? What were the needs of the community at the time? And then how did you attack that? This has been like always in the back of my head. 
personally, I was just tired of all the posers and the fakers in the community. And my personal agenda, you know, in addition to my professional role, is really just to make sure that the founders are connected to people that actually are sincere and qualified in helping. So if you're a sort of founder, whether you're part of our portfolio or, you know, outside of our portfolio, if you're looking for an expert on, say, um, lifetime value calculation or, you know, um, product market fit, then we can connect you to the right people when you ask us or if I find out that you're looking for one. So by creating a regular platform, which we call Raid the Fridge, we are able to just really invite and put together a group of people that are really sincere in helping and less predatory is what I would say. And it goes back to, you know, what an effective community building looks like. First is when you build a community, you have to be authentic. You don't create one for the express purpose of monetizing of it, is what I would say. When you build a community, it's with the intent of bringing together people who share interests and purpose who will eventually care for one another and really help each other out and, and, and share generously, whether it's sharing business opportunities, networks, expertise, talent, what have you. So that for me is what a good community looks like. In the early days of the startup ecosystem here in the Philippines, I used to joke when, if I'm asked to describe the Philippine startup ecosystem, it started with hackathons. And then there's the wave of the co-working spaces. And then there's, you know, the, the wave of the fintechs and then the AIs and the Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency. Different agenda, different personalities. There have been, you know, a lot of instances of not really scandals, but really something that doesn't help the community. We've had our share. And part of our role is to show to people what good looks like. And if we can do that through our own community uh, activities, then that's what we'll do. Yeah, I imagine in 2017, right? again, a relatively young startup ecosystem, Kickstart having been in it for five years, there wouldn't have been many players in the ecosystem who would have been doing it for as long as Kickstart had at that point. Right? And maybe more importantly, and maybe even more valuably, we would have been able to offer the community of founders that we had in our portfolio. Right, There wouldn't have been that many founders at that point that, that, that could provide the, the kind of experience that our founders would have been able to, to share with the community. But coming from how the ecosystem was when you first stepped into the role... Till today, like how has that changed? How has the community changed? How has your approach to supporting the community changed over that time? So what has remained constant is providing the community a platform or an avenue to find each other and meet and connect and build relationships. And that's why we are privileged to own uh, the longest running startup event in the country today, which is 
uh, called Raid the Fridge. As the name implies, we open our doors and invite you to raid our fridge, which is full of beers. And you can begin to swap startup stories, horror stories, good or bad, over beers and food, where you can find new friends, reconnect with old friends, and just really have a great conversation for one evening and do it 11 times in a year. So what we've learned is if you want to build and sustain a community, you always have to be dependable. So that's why we've decided to um, run Raid the Fridge every last Thursday of the month. So regardless of where you are, if you see it's the last Thursday of the month, you know that you can go to Kickstart Ventures and network with your peers. So that's what has remained constant. What has changed since 2013? It's the way we create content for Raid the Fridge and our other uh, ecosystem engagements. In the first few years, when we were still following the incubator model, so for the first two years, or three years rather, Kickstart was following the incubator model. So we were incubating startups, and that meant finding and investing in pre-seed to seed stage startups. These startups in their stage of development meant content that suits them. So basic, you know, making people understand what a startup is actually is, and it's not the same as MSMEs, fundraising 101, product market fit, problem solution fit, marketing. You know, it became sexy or uso at that time, the concept of growth hacking. So we were designing our content for the community based on the stage of startups prevalent at the time. Come 2017, and when we were already doing our second fund, where we were already investing in early-stage growth startups, we also changed the way we developed content. So we were moving away from pre-seed to seed-stage startups and really generally offering topics that are more mature. So now it's uh, how to fundraise for Series A and B. So I remember we had a very well-attended session where we featured our startup portfolio company who first raised their Series B. So that became a hot topic for other founders who were already in their seed in Series A and now trying to gun for Series B plus raise. So the short answer is, as the maturity of the startup ecosystem moved up, we changed the content that we offer to the community. I feel like another way that the local ecosystem has evolved is also how how international it is or like how internationally connected it is, right? Where, you know, whenever you talk to um, players in other ecosystems, it's it's a common thing that you come to the conclusion that the other ecosystems in, in the region may be like just a few years ahead, but just because of the progress you've made, we've now come to a position where our ecosystem is in a better position to engage with 
the other ecosystems in the region and vice versa. So what have you seen with regards to that? I have a funny answer to that. So what I've seen is as basic as a guest list. When we were organizing VC-focused events prior to COVID, you know, I'd be happy if I could fill up 15 VC names in a list. And I used to joke whenever we would run Raid the Fridge, oh, it's the same people over and over again. Post-pandemic, there's so many VCs now. And now it's fun to see VCs from different parts of the Southeast Asia ecosystem and uh, in the West coming over. And so now there are plenty of options for Philippine-based startups. The reason I say Philippine-based startups is our market is always attractive to startup founders and investors because we have the demographics that are attractive to them. And as a consequence, we have more Philippine-based startups that are moving up. They are now moving into the Series Plus stages. And having more of that is attractive to investors. And so I'm not surprised that suddenly a lot of our overseas-based funds are setting up shop in the Philippines. So now you could see a spree of attendees who are Filipinos but are working for foreign funds. Then from time to time, we would have requests asking to be connected to certain personalities in the community from overseas-based funds. For me, that is a great development for the local ecosystem since I became committee manager in 2017. Because from my seat, it just meant that there's an improvement in the community because the audiences that we are engaging are no longer basic. <laughs> so that's how I put it. It's no longer basic. So you mentioned that, you know, like the number of VCs that are, who are kind of active in the Philippines, not just in terms of investing, but just really generally interacting and engaging mm. with the ecosystem has increased, right? Yeah. Parang, it's always in the news. They always talk about the investments, but just as much as the investment activity has increased, the ecosystem engagement, the community engagement has also yes. increased. So how has it been for you having started out with engaging with an ecosystem where you basically knew everyone, right? There was a very small circle of community enablers, of startup enablers, and now there are just so many more. I think it's very much a blessing that we have so many people who are also you know, believe in the same things that we do and are working on the same things and trying to support the same community. But how has that changed the work that you do in working with the community? It's been a double-edged sword for Kickstarter Adventures in the sense that, on one hand, the influx of new funds in the community means more options for the local founders, locally-based founders. On the other hand, it allows us to um, really think through what Kickstarter can offer to the community. Yeah, I, I agree. I think whereas in the earlier years of Kickstart and there were fewer players, in a way, everything that the community needed, there were only a handful of you who mm. could try to offer it. Whereas uh -huh. now, there are many other players that we can collaborate with, many other players who can offer different things. Mm. And so it does challenge Kickstart, us in Kickstart, to make sure that we're still doing our part mm -mm. in one way or another that complements what is out there. 
I agree because more players in the ecosystem, whether you're from overseas or from, uh, you know, local, it just gives everyone, sort of founders, ecosystem enablers, more options, more ways of partnerships, you know, more ways of delivering value to entrepreneurs that need it. And the nice thing, it's not just limited to the entrepreneurs. We're at the point where you have more people joining startups, employees. So the need for knowledge is always changing. So there's like a demand now on how do you make startup work an attractive option for talent. So with the support systems available to the startup community now, like stronger than ever, mm. how do you see the role of investors specifically in supporting and building startup communities? Like what are the unique contributions we can make as investors beyond just the financial support? What I hope for the Philippine startup ecosystem is to really talk about more scale-ups than startups. And I think this is where investors have a role to play. So as you're scaling your business, investors, local or overseas uh, funds, do provide the pathway to, you know, more partnerships like corporate engagement, opening up new markets, and just having difficult conversations on what raising capital for growth look like. So... As a startup develop from one stage to the next, the challenges become more complex. And investors, especially the ones that invest in early to early growth stage startups, people running these funds are also people who have had senior leadership roles or have had exposure in more mature markets. They can offer the um, conversations, the expertise to help startups who are now, you know, on the growth trajectory. All right. So pulling back, switching gears here at Kickstart, one of our offset phrases is that we believe in breaking barriers and building bridges. What does it mean to build bridges in the context of startup ecosystem? How do you bring this to life in your dealings with the ecosystem? There's no elegant way to describe it, but basically it's just putting two people in front of each other. And that's really what building bridges means. It's to know what you're looking for and matching you with the people that you need, the institutions you need. And for me, that is essentially building bridges. So given that the ecosystem now is like, it's bigger than ever before, there are many lots of startup enablers, people who support the community, community managers, community builders. And for sure, there are lots of people who want to be more active or already members of the community and want to be more active or want to enter the community and become a supporter of the community. So having been in the community for so long and being a supporter of it, like what is your advice or suggestions for folks who want to come in and be a more active player? My advice for people who want to be active in the Philippine startup ecosystem. There are two ways to go about it. First is if you want to be the giver. For you to be able to become a valued enabler of the ecosystem, 
you have to know your community. You have to understand who do you really want to help so that you can give the right kind of help. So if your expertise, if your connections are suited for startup founders, then hang out with startup founders. I would expect you to be hanging out in events, conferences, where the founders are hanging out. If you're an investor and want to be active in the local ecosystem, I hope you're going out there and meeting startup founders because unless they get to know you, it doesn't help anyone. Investing is based on trust. And if you are an unknown entity to startup founders, it limits their ability to open up. And opening up means talking more about your business, what are your needs, what are your challenges. Because as one colleague said in Kickstart, investing is like courtship. So you have to court people. You have to court startup founders. So to become an active enabler in the ecosystem, you have to put yourself out there and share what you are, what you do, and how you can help. On the other hand, for the receiver, I like to joke that, you know, the difference between a mentor and a consultant is a consultant will find you. A mentor is someone you look for. So if you're the giver, typically the side of founders, you have to invest time to go out and be physically present and just engage. I've had my share of startup founders who would hit me up and say, Pia, do you know someone who is this, this, is?" And I would say, he was just at the Fridge last night and I remember inviting you. Where were you? So for me, while committee managers can help, they are not your concierge. So you have to also know when to wade into the pool and engage a community and, uh, you know, just participate. You do not know what good and bad looks like if you do not go out there. And the reason why we invest time and resources in delivering community engagements like Read the Fridge, Kickstart Coffee Chats, and, you know, some other partnership-type events is it's a platform for you to go out, participate, find the people that you need. And if you don't find what you're looking for, go to the next one. And similar to you investing time and resources for your startup, relationships take time to develop and build. And that essentially is the essence of community building. It's built on relationships. You cannot belong to a community of startup founders if you're an elusive founder. Well said, Pia. Thank you very much for sharing your story and your 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 views on how to be a productive member of the rapidly growing Philippine startup community. 
As usual, you'll be able to catch Pia and myself and the rest of the Kickstart team at our monthly Raid the Fridge. I think by the time this comes out, we might have just finished the first one for the year, but we do it every month. You can watch our social media accounts for when, whenever we do it. So I uh, hope to see everyone there. Uh, and in the meantime, I'll see you around, Pia. Thank you very much. And I'll see everyone else till the next time. Thanks for joining us. Follow Kickstart Ventures on Facebook and LinkedIn to know who we're featuring next.